The first day of the NCAA tournament is in the books, and it was phenomenal. We had a 15 seed upsetting a two seed. We had three overtime games. We had six upsets in terms of seeds, and we had the most lopsided victory in an 8-9 game in modern NCAA tournament history. And oh yeah, I was courtside for that one because it was the North Carolina Tar Heels. We're going to unpack Carolina's victory over Marquette, and we're going to look forward to Saturday's matchup with number one seed Baylor, all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, March 18th, 2022, and it is the second full day of the NCAA tournament. That's right, 16 more games to unpack today. It's going to be great. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Isaac Shade. I am a beat writer for All Tar Heels, which is Sports Illustrated's North Carolina site. And every day, Monday through Friday, I get the privilege of joining you here to host Locked on Tar Heels. And please, wherever you're listening to the show, please go and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up YouTube? Please subscribe on YouTube as well. Remember that we are free anywhere you can find podcasts. Listen, folks, uh, my bracket is a mess already after one day, and I don't even care because all the shenanigans are so worth it. And as you can see, uh, I'm in something of a different place than normal. I'm on the road in uh, the Dallas area for Carolina's games. And so uh, literally, I'm actually recording this on Thursday night after I got back uh, from the being at the venue at Dickey's Arena and uh, just getting settled back in for the night. Wrote my quick, quick hitters article and now recording, diving in with everyone here. And then we'll look forward tomorrow on Friday. There's going to be some interviews back at the arena. And then Saturday, we just found out when the game will be. And so I'll tell you all about that soon. But anyway, that's why it's a different setup than you are used to seeing. All right. North Carolina, 95, Marquette, 63, four Tar Heels in double digits, two Tar Heels with double doubles, greatest, most lopsided margin ever in an 8-9 game. The previous uh, biggest margin was 30-point victory. Carolina won by 32. Wow, that's insane. We all saw that coming, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. We, we knew that was going to be a thing. Anyway, Coach Hubert Davis in his first NCAA tournament game as a head coach gets his first NCAA tournament win. Congrats to Coach, who, uh, if you didn't listen to the press conference, you should check it out. Talked about how, um, for him, this is mission work because it's all about serving these young men and helping them uh, along their journey. And I, I just love the way he thinks about that. Even though he is a fantastic former player himself, uh, he is all in for these boys. And let me tell you, that man Hubert Davis is, as Roy Williams might say, a tough little nut. And he wants to imbue his team with that same toughness. And that's what this first part is all about today. That's where I want to start is with that idea of being tough. Being tough is not only not a given for this team, it, it's not really always expected. There have been brilliant moments of flashes of toughness, but then there's been others where Carolina's 
been pushed around a little bit. But you know what? They were the tougher team on Thursday against Marquette. Maybe maybe they weren't the bully, but they were the tougher team. Uh, the Tar Heels knew that a, a Shaka Smart team is going to come out and play this aggressive, grabby style. And the Tar Heels said, you know what? Rather than wait on that to happen, we're going to come out and we're going to set the tone and we're going to be the aggressors. And that's exactly what they did. Now, keep in mind, Carolina was 0-3 against Shaka Smart while he was at Texas. All, uh, we talked about this earlier in the week, but all three of those games, Carolina was ranked higher. Uh, they were close losses by two points, three points, and two points, but still losses three times. And so this is getting the Shaka Smart monkey off your back in a huge way. And so uh, at, at times this season, Carolina has been tough, but but a lot of times they've been pushed around. And so I, I legitimately didn't know what to expect as I sat down at my seat today in the arena. I thought, I think Carolina's going to win this game maybe by six or eight, but it's going to be tough and they're going to they're have to deal with some ugliness. Today, not only were they not pushed around, but they were the aggressors. Marquette tried to start some things. Try, like, I don't know what Marquette's out here doing. It's it's like it's street ball. But um, to Carolina's credit, they were the aggressors under control. They went out and asserted their game, asserted their will, and, and didn't allow Marquette to draw them into any just shenanigans, I'll say. Uh, I remember one play. It was down on the baseline where Carolina was shooting in the first half, whereas they're, they're just trying to get under Caleb Love's skin, and he just stood there like this, like, nope, not happening. You're not doing this to me today. Now, I know a couple times later he, he got into it a little bit, but whatever. Uh, they So Carolina stayed cool, but they responded. They rose to the occasion, and that is what... That is awesome and perfect in what Carolina needs to do. That is them being an expression of what their head coach is looking for. And and Marquette, with all their craziness, late in the first half, ha were assessed three different technicals in the span of just 77 seconds from 447 to 330 left in the first half. The first, well, you know, it's one of those excusable ones where it's a dunk and he hung on the rim and swung a little bit. I mean, by letter of the law, it was a technical, but whatever. Um, but then Coach Shaka Smart got one and then they got another. And, um, you know what Hubert Davis is doing? He's over there pumping up the bench because he loves it because he wants to see his team getting after it. Why? Because fight back. We want to fight. When we see that happening, that's what we're doing. And so, well done, Tar Heels. Way to be tough. So proud of that work. Also, you know what else is tough? Tough is Leaky Black once again shutting down a seemingly unshutdownable player. Marquette's leading scorer, Justin Lewis, had, averages 17.1 points per game. We talked about him yesterday. Six foot seven, 245. You know what Leaky did to him? First half, zero points, 0 of 8 shooting, 0 of 4 on three pointers. That's what Leaky Black does to people. But he's not the defensive player of the year. No, because we have to measure that in blocks and steals. 
Leaky Black is your ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know how many more times I have to say that he should have been that, but I'm going to do it till I'm blue in the face. Eventually, uh, Justin Lewis did wind up with six points. He hit two threes in the second half, but it was his lowest scoring output of the entire season. And so, you know, hey, Justin, don't feel bad, buddy. You're, you're just one in a line of many Leaky Black victims to be in Leaky Lockdown. So, way to go there. And I want to say one more thing about toughness. Uh, we've been, I've been talking about toughness on the court, toughness in this game, responding to it. But I was reminded of one other form of toughness today. I had the opportunity to have a really nice conversation with R.J. Davis's dad in the concourse today during the end of the Baylor game. Uh, Brother Robert, if you're out there, what's up, man? It was great to talk to you today. Great to meet you. Thank you so much for some of your time. But he was just... Just through the course of our conversation, I'm just reminded of everything these young men go through. I think one of the most important things we can do is remember that they are human beings who are taking classes and writing papers and have minor other injuries that you don't even know about. And, and I'm not even going to disclose any of those lest somebody else find out about them and exploit it. But these young men, you have no idea the toughness that they show day in and day out on and off the court. And so please, can, can we just cut some slack? Everyone out there, me too, like remember, yes, they, they are playing basketball on the biggest stage and, and so they get, you know, they have to lie in the bed that they've made. However, they're humans. They're 18 to 22 years old. Let's treat them like it. Well, anyway, we're going to dig more into the nitty-gritty of, nitty of the game in just a minute. We'll have my shady stat of the game all coming up, but first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are a great candy bar replacement option covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors they have include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, today's St. Patrick's Day. Uh, again, I'm recording this on Thursday. It's still St. Patrick's Day, but, uh, you know, happy birthday to my father-in-law. It's his birthday. I need to call him tomorrow on Friday when you're watching this. Uh, white Chocolate Shamrock is the new flavor for Built Bar this month. These are all delicious flavors, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. Not really sure how they do it, but they always taste good, and they're still healthy. Way to go, Built Bar. You're killing it. And so a typical candy bar comes in anywhere between two to 300 calories, but most Built Bars have just 130. So go to Built Bar built.com scroll down to the macros and you're going to be amazed at the numbers you see there those 130 calories just four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein that's awesome built.com use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order again that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Thank you, as always, for making this your first listen. And if you're watching your first watch of the day, I, I'd love it. I would be so grateful. If you would just take a minute, go find the where you can write a review of the podcast. Give us give give five stars, nice rating. Write some kind of fun review. Make fun of Marquette a little bit or something like that. It would be awesome. Okay, as we get back, we are going to dig more into some of the weeds of the game. Uh, just hit on some of my statistical things that I was noticing. If if you've ever been listening with me, and and some of you out there might be new. You know, we're in March Madness, and you're checking in for the first time. If so, what is up? So glad. Welcome to the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. And so we're gonna hit on some statistical stuff, including my shady stat of the game to round out this segment. First off, 
Brady Manick, coming back from the dead from the Virginia Tech game, had hit, prior to that Virginia Tech game, ACC semifinals, 23 straight games with one at least one made three-pointer. Six straight games with at least multiple three-pointers. And then had an offer in that Virginia Tech game. Just all the Tar Heels looked a step slow in that game. I think they were tired. I think they were worn out. Whatever it may be, um, the deliberateness of Virginia with Virginia Tech back-to-back, all of that plays in. But, oh, did Brady Manick respond on Thursday coming back from that. Uh, the game, he a lot of times, like on uh, Four Corners, I talked about how Carolina needed to get Brady Manick going early and often. And while it wasn't quite necessarily early, it was often once he got going. So the, stor- the scoring all started from uh, Caleb Love and Armando Baycott. They were responsible for the first 10 points. But then, oh, boy. Manic misses his first three. On his second three, he gets fouled, hits all three free throws, and then he's off to the races. Finishes the game 28 points on uh, 10 of 15 shooting overall, 5 of 10 from three, including 11 rebounds, poured in a double-double. Wow, wow, Brady Manic, keep it going. So those 28 points, that's a Carolina career high for him. It's not a career career high. He had 31 in uh, while he was still at Oklahoma, so fell just shy of that. So 28 points, 11 rebounds for Brady Manick in this one, who was sporting a nice shiner on his right eye. I didn't get a story on that. Need to maybe ask him tomorrow at interviews. Speaking of rebounding, another one of my four corners keys to the game on Thursday's show was that Carolina held a massive rebounding advantage over Marquette, at least on paper. Carolina is plus 7.73 in rebounding margin coming into this game, while Marquette is number uh, negative four, one of the lowest teams in the country, in the 320s, if I remember correctly, out of 358. Meanwhile, Carolina is top 15 in rebounding margin. And so on paper, Carolina had some great work that they needed to do uh, rebounding the basketball. And you know what? They did that. Carolina finishes with 52 rebounds. That's a season high for the Tar Heels to Marquette's 37. Not only did the team do it, but they they spread it around. Um, even uh, Manic's 11 rebounds led the team. And so seven different Tar Heels had at least three rebounds. So spreading love around, everyone's helping, everyone's crashing the boards, doing the job there. And ultimately that helped Carolina do what they needed to do. Had 23 second chance points off of their 15 offensive rebounds. And so not only are they just grabbing rebounds, but they were getting points off of that. And and that was a big factor in this game. Here's a funny one for you. One one, One I thought that was probably the funniest stat of the game. So Carolina keeps their really impressive free throw shooting going. 14 of 17 in this one. Uh, I mean, they're just doing it right. Those three missed free throws, though, were all on the technicals. I talked to you about how Marquette had three technicals within 77 seconds. Those resulted in five free throws for Carolina, and they only made two of those. So Carolina was a perfect 12 for 12 on like normal flow of the game free throws, but just two for five on the technical free throws. And so that, that was kind of the bugaboo in this one with the free throws.
one of the nice things is Carolina got out to this huge lead and just never really looked back. They led by 28 at the break, which is the second highest halftime margin in Carolina history in an NCAA tournament game. 28 points. Fell just one shy. The record is 29. Carolina led Rhode Island by 29 in 1993 in the second round. And so just... I mean, you get out to that kind of lead, you feel great, you know that the starters can catch a few extra minutes of rest in the second half, and in fact, no Tar Heel played more than 34 in this game, and they need that as they prepare for Saturday. Uh, not only is it very close to the largest uh, margin of halftime lead, Carolina did set a new program record for most three-pointers made by the team in an NCAA tournament game. They finished with 13, 10 of which were in the first half. So 10 first-half three-pointers, six of those were from Caleb Love, who tied Carolina's record for most individual three-pointers made in an NCAA tournament game. Uh, I'll give you five seconds to see. There are two people he tied it with. I'm going to stop for five seconds. One, two, three... Four, five. Okay, now I'm telling you. The other two people who had six in a game were Marcus Page in 2015-16 against Indiana. That was that Thomas Bryant Indiana team. They had just knocked off Kentucky. And then the other one was Shamond Williams had six in a game in 1998 against Charlotte. And so um, now Caleb Love is part of that company as well. Great three-point shooting performance for the Tar Heels today. Uh, another thing uh, I can't yet figure out, this isn't necessarily a stat, it's just something I still have no idea about, is Coach Davis's substitution patterns. You think you get it figured out, and then he just flips it up again. With, with Roy Williams, you could set your watch to who's coming in, when it's going to be, what those rotations are going to be. With Hubert Davis, it, it could change game to game who it's coming in. If you would ask me, I would have guessed Puff Johnson would have been the first off the bench it was Dontrez Styles. Did not see that coming. Uh, but Styles rewarded Coach's faith in him. Finished the game with uh, shooting three for three, six points, had six rebounds. And of those three baskets, a couple highlight reel dunks you should go back and watch if you did not see them. So maybe one day I'll be able to get inside Hubert Davis's head and figure out his substitution patterns. But uh, until that time, we'll just all have to keep guessing. Okay. I have two things. I couldn't decide between the shady stat of the game, so I'm going to have an honorary uh, lifetime achievement award shady stat of the game, and then a legitimate shady stat of this very particular game. The lifetime achievement shady stat of the game is this: Armando Baycott. He just keeps doing mean things to Bryce Johnson. Uh, a couple games ago, he set the single Carolina single season record for most double doubles in the season, knocking off Bryce Johnson. In this game on Thursday against Marquette, also knocked off Bryce Johnson again. Now Armando Baycott is the Carolina single season rebounding leader. Uh, you recall he just jumped up above 400, was the second person ever to do that for the Tar Heels along with Bryce Johnson, but now he has bested him. Bryce Johnson's record in 2015-16, he had 416 rebounds and now finishing this game, Baycott is up to 422 with at least one more shot to pad his lead. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, that double-double gives him, uh, along with his uh, 422 rebounds, Baycott also had 10 in this game. 
game to go with his, um, what was it, 17 points? Yes, 17 points for Baycott. And so that's another double-double. That gives him 26 on the season, just keeps climbing there, and 44 for his career. That moves him into a tie for fifth place with Mitch, Mitch Kupchak for fifth all-time on the double-doubles list. Uh, next up on the list, it gets up to, I believe, 47, and so that's kind of out of range. I think it's Tyler Hansborough and somebody else tied at 47. So... Uh, Baycott's probably stuck where he's at. But the real shady stat of the game is this. Carolina made 34 baskets and had 29 assists on those made baskets. That means they assisted on 85.3 of their made baskets. The previous high this season was like 72%. And everything uh, everything else was in the 60s or lower. So not even coming close to touching what they did today uh, against Marquette. R.J. Davis was the man when it came to dishing out the ball. 12 assists, second most ever for Carolina in an NCAA tournament game behind only Kendall Marshall, who had 14. So uh, RJ, oh, and by the way, Davis only had one turnover amidst all that. So we had a 12 to one assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, I will take that any day of the week. Well done, RJ, dishing assists. Well done, whole team sharing the ball. Great job. Well, Carolina wins. It's on to the second round. It's on to Baylor. Very tough matchup. Very good team. But hey, when you get down to only 32 teams left in the nation, every team is a very good team. We're going to talk about that matchup in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's that time of year again. This college basketball tournament is finally underway. It's finally going. So from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline where the game starts. Okay, here we go. Tomorrow, Saturday, North Carolina, Baylor, 12.10 p.m. Eastern tip, 11.10 local time here in the Fort Worth, Dallas area, DF-Dub, right there inside Dickey's Arena. Ah, just love getting to say Dickey's Arena over and over. What fun is that? Uh, that game will be on CBS, the eighth-seeded Tar Heels against the top-seeded Baylor Bears. Might seem like an insurmountable hill defending national champions, lockdown defenders. It is a tough task, but you know what? Carolina has done it before. This is their fifth time being an eighth seed, and twice in that they have knocked off the number one seed. Once Stanford and once against, I just lost it. Oklahoma. There we go. <laughs> it came back to me all of a sudden. And so it is not out of reason to think that this game uh, cannot be a win for Carolina, that they can't move on to the Sweet 16. No reason to think that that is out of reach. And so as we always do, always do for game previews, we're going to have my four corners keys to the game to honor Coach Dean Smith. Then I'm going to give you my picks. The line is already out for the game, so we'll be able to talk about that. Here we go. The four corners. Number one, if you thought Thursday against Marquette was tough, you ain't seen nothing yet because Baylor's bringing a whole different brand and type of toughness. And I mean that very seriously. 
while Marquette's brand of toughness is just to like try to bully you around, you know, shock of smart teams. They're always, and they're great. They're really aggressive, but it's, it's real grabby and that whole thing. With Baylor, they're just a phenomenally connected defensive team who just play, I mean, you saw what they did to Gonzaga last year in the national championship game. Shut down the top-rated offense in the nation. Now, I know they lost several of those guards to the NBA or to other things, and, and you can't wholly replace that. But Scott Drew has this thing going, and so Carolina is going to have to be ready to be tough again, 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 but in a completely different way. A big part of that toughness is my second four corner of the game, and that is to continue sharing the ball just like they did on Thursday. Because of what Baylor can do to you defensively, there's a tendency to want to play hero ball to just uh, as they shut down passing lanes and do other things, and, and you can't get some of that traction that Carolina was able to get get against Marquette today. There's a tendency for maybe Caleb Love to just start taking a lot of shots or guys to start going one-on-one or individual instead of doing what they did today. And I mean, you're not going to assist on 80-something percent of your shots again. That's just, that doesn't happen. That I mean, maybe, who knows? It's sports. Anything could happen, but highly unlikely. However, Carolina found something in a big way today and needs to be able to do that. R.J. Davis, keep being that distributor. Leaky Black had eight assists against Marquette. Keep that going. Keep sharing as the Tar Heels did today. That can be a big thing. Don't be a hero. Share the ball. Be a hero by sharing the ball. (laughs) Don't be a hero by forcing shots. Uh, Next, the third of the four corners is this. Carolina has to find a way to sustain Thursday's momentum. All season long, there's been this up and down roller coaster of Virginia to Virginia Tech to, you know, all all this up and down of Carolina will play marvelously one game and be a no-show in the next. And and there's been a lot more. That's unfair of me. There's been a lot more consistency lately down the stretch. The six-game winning streak, um, you know, snapped by Virginia Tech, but restarted a new streak and that means seven of eight and so Carolina is playing really really well and so needs to sustain this positive momentum they are peaking at the absolute right time and so why not why not go in and beat Waco or beat Baylor an hour from their home that that is going to be tough and the final of the four corners is this let Armando Baycott go to work inside. Uh, just like Carolina, Baylor has had some attrition this year. They lost, uh, who was at the time, leading scorer LJ Cryer. And they also lost big man Jonathan Chama Chachua, one of my favorite names in all of college basketball. So I'm about to say it as much as I can as we talk about him here. Uh, or we can just call him JTT for short, because that's a lot easier. Um, now, Baylor still has height and and length and girth inside. Uh, For example, Flo Thamba is a beast down there. But I just think Baycott is going to have the opportunity to go to work, especially the there's going to be a lot of pressure again on on Love and Davis out on the perimeter because Baylor's guards are fantastic. And so if they can keep feeding the post well, like they did on Thursday, I mean, there was a very intentional effort. Things could go well for Mr. Baycott inside. Continue proving why he should have been the ACC player player of the year over Alondis Williams. But, you know, that's okay. It's cool. It's cool. I'm over it. I'm not over it. It's okay. Robbed. 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 Now, 
Again, this game is in Fort Worth, Texas, about an hour from Waco, and so there's going to be this really heavy Baylor contingent. Although I will say there was a good num, there were a good number of Tar Heel fans in the building today. Uh, I am curious to see you know, how the rooting goes, because the other game will be um, Kansas against, oh, who won the Creighton-San Diego State game? Whoever came out the victor of that game is going to be Kansas against them. So inevitably, there will be fans of those two teams. Are the Kansas fans going to cheer for their conference mate in Baylor, or are they going to cheer for their former coaches team in Carolina. So that'll be an interesting dynamic, but you got to imagine a lot of Baylor fans buying up tickets because uh, they're so close to home and will be there in mass. That said, how was Carolina going to perform under that type of pressure? Well, the line came out on Thursday night. It is Baylor minus six. That's from bet online. Always seeing all their good uh, betting lines and the over under is 149. So I'm going to assume that Carolina plays the way they did Thursday. Maybe not at as high level. Maybe you're not taking shots, uh, hitting as many shots, but I think there's going to be, I think they've found something and they're going. And so I'm going to take Carolina to not only cover, but to win this game and move on to the sweet 16. So yes, Carolina uh, plus the six, lock it in for me. And then the over under 149, uh, the Marquette over under was 152. And I had said, take the under on that. No way. Barely got by it. I think it was 158 combined. Whatever. That's fine. I am going to take the over on this one. Both these teams like to get out and go fill it up. And so I am riding with the Tar Heels to cover and to win straight up. And I'm taking the over on this one. All righty. Good. Can't wait. Saturday, another great game is coming. Tar Heels have a big opportunity in front of them. But for now, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please, as always, go subscribe wherever you listen to this thing. No reason not to. And hey, even if you never watch on YouTube, if you're an audio-only person, it would do great things for the show if you would go subscribe. We're so close, getting so close to 500 subscribers on YouTube. Help us make that last push. We're going to get there. You know it. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me uh, on Twitter as well, at Isaac Shade. Would love to have that. Coming up on Monday's show, we're going to have to recap this Baylor game. If Carolina wins, we're going to party a little bit and talk about that and maybe forecast towards next weekend and the Sweet 16 and what else has happened in the tournament. And hopefully some more spring football information as it rolls along. All of that is going to be great to talk about on Monday. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. And if you're watching, your first watch every single day. And now let me encourage you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects, prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hey, thank you so much for taking part of your Friday to hang out with me, celebrate this huge Carolina whooping over Marquette and uh, getting us ready for Saturday's matchup against Baylor. It's a great time. It's the best time of year because it's March Madness. It's all happening. You get to stay up late, watch all the games, celebrate the upsets, mourn your missed picks. This is what March Madness is all about. But you know what today was? 
Today was a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next time, peace.